hello and welcome back to the 13th episode of the Applying Medic podcast. If you're new here, my name's Chris. I am a fifth year medical student studying at the University of Edinburgh and I'm also the founder of Applying Medic and the host of the Applying Medic podcast. So today I have another very special guest. Her name is Celine. And she is a current medical student in the UK and also an Instagrammer who documents her life uh, in medical school and everything that, that she gets up to and what she learns along the way. So today we're going to chat about her journey into medical school because it's uh, for her it's it's been a little bit more of a a, a longer a longer trip into a longer journey into medical school with her being a postgraduate medical student and we'll chat about her journey into medical school her current experiences in medical school and just have a, a little chat at the end about um, her her presence on social media her instagram account and how and why she decided to to create it and and share their journey so hi celine how are you hello i'm very good thank you how are you Perfect. I'm great. Thank you. So I was hoping that, that we could get straight into it, if that's OK. And uh, if I could just ask you maybe to to give maybe a bit more of a, a detailed introduction to yourself, just who you are and what you do. Yeah, of course. So uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Celine. I'm a second year medical student and I have the Instagram page at Life of Lena Med. Um, I've had the Instagram page for about, I'd say, a couple of years. Um, and I just document what I get up to during my days in medical school, really. Very nice. So I'd like to just kind of go through the full kind of timeline of your time before the applying to medical school. What kind of enthused you or, or, or what made you eventually decide to, to go for medicine and then just kind of go through the whole application process and, and get an understanding of your experience throughout it. And so just to start off from the very beginning, I understand that you did uh, another degree before you went into medicine. So I'd like to start off by just asking when, when you were in secondary school and you applied for biomedical sciences I think it, it, it was from yes. right yeah, uh, yeah at, at university did you from the outset know that you wanted to apply to a kind of allied healthcare or research medical based degree as opposed to medicine or did you apply to medicine as a school leaver but not get in and chose that as your fifth choice what, what was the kind of way that you approached that near the end of secondary school Yes, yeah, so at the end of year 11, I was pretty much set on medicine. Um, so I chose my A-levels accordingly, the classic chemistry, biology, maths. Um, and then after that, I did apply for medicine. So I applied mm -hmm. for four medical schools. And then my fifth option was biomedical sciences. Um, okay. Unfortunately, I didn't make the grades. Um, and then I ended up doing biomedical sciences. So I just accepted my insurance offer. So that's how I kind of like went into the field of biomedical sciences, really. OK. And so just to to go a little bit deeper into that that subject, if that's OK, I so when I so I, I'm a postgrad medical student as well, and I studied medical sciences before I then 
did a master's in anatomy and then went on to medicine afterwards. So I've I've had a really long trip, really yeah. long journey into <laughs> medical school. And I'm very glad that I'm I'm coming near the end of it now. <laughs> uh, but I've never had the the kind of I, I've never had to face rejection at, at at that young age, you know, 17, 18 years old. And so I can imagine for you at, at, at that time, at that age, being rejected from four medical schools and going for the fifth choice, it it, it must have felt. Well, I can imagine that you must have felt quite disappointed at, at, at that at that moment and and dealing with all of those emotions. How was it for you yeah. at the time? Oh, for sure, I was so upset on A level results day. Um, I was kind of expecting it. You know, when you walk out of an exam, you kind of know. Um, so I had already kind of like prepared myself, um, mm -hmm. uh, obviously it's still kind of like a big disappointment, isn't it? Um, but I knew I was going to go to university anyway. I was going to study science. I did like biomedical science anyway. Um, I didn't mind it too much. Um, and then throughout the degree, I really, really ended up liking it. I absolutely loved it. Um, so I think it really worked out for the best. And during those three years of biomedical sciences, not only they have taught me kind of like the base of um, the medical science aspect of medicine, but also they, from a more a different point of view, so in terms of life experiences as well, I grew up mm, a lot. Yeah. And in hindsight, I think I myself, knowing myself, I wouldn't have been ready to go to medical school at such a young age. So I'm kind of glad it worked out to be like that, really. That makes a lot of sense. And looking looking back on it now from, from my own perspective as well, I, I definitely feel like the extra years, another degree beforehand, it really set me up to actually enjoy medicine because I'd, I knew what I was doing from the outset and I just, I knew how to study and I knew how to balance, exactly. you know, professional and personal things. And I just feel like it puts you so much more at ease compared yes. to going into medical school as, you know, an 18 and sometimes even 17 year old and just how daunting that is and how overwhelming it is at the time. So yeah, I definitely have a lot of respect for people that go into medical school you know just straight from school and and have to contend Absolutely. with all of that at the same time um, but but that makes a lot of sense from from your perspective and so l leading on from that how was your time during the the, the three years uh, studying biomedical sciences and how did you utilize the time during that degree to strengthen your application for for when you decided to apply for the second time? Yeah, so as I've said, I ended up really, really liking biomedical sciences. Um, so I really thoroughly enjoyed all the modules. Um, and yeah, I had a really great time. And in terms of, um, I guess you could call it extracurricular stuff, things to strengthen my application. Yeah. I did some work experience at the hospital during summer. Um, I also did, funnily enough, a work experience in a lab, uh, just so that I could see how the two things differ and really make a decision about medicine. Um, and also I worked with a university, um, 
student ambassador, I'm sure that's a common thing in all universities. So working at open mm-hmm. days, applicant days. Um, I also was a tutor as well. Um, and I taught uh, younger years, so year ones and year twos really, um, within the faculty um, to kind of like with study session and prepare them for exams and give tips. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of teaching Um lots of volunteering and at the time as well I started my job as a healthcare assistant as well so and I've been in that job for just over two years now so yeah I started that during biomed and I'm still doing it and I absolutely love it that's really nice and actually just to to kind of transition over into the the HCA job so you've been doing that for for a few years now what what do you what what have you what have you gained from it actually like just in terms of the experience that you gained before you applied to medical school and kind of the insight that that gave you into medicine in general but then also how it's been kind of balancing it balancing the job as a HCA with say you know being on placement um for a lot of the week uh, and trying to to kind of maintain that kind of balance yeah, so um, obviously working as HCA during biomed was different compared to working as HCA during medicine because obviously medicine is a little more demanding. Um, but luckily, because I'm not in clinical years yet, um, I don't okay. have placement. So I do have time or more time uh, during the week. Um, so I tend to fit it around that schedule. And also, because it's quite a flexible job, I tend to do more shifts during the summer and Christmas and Easter. So when I have time off and when I can afford to pick up more shifts. So that's kind of nice because it really fits around my schedule. Um, I don't need to get too worried about meeting a certain amount of hours. That's really good. Um, And I've learned so much on the job. I think one thing I've realised is I've become a lot better at talking to people in general, Um, not just patients, because when I started off, I was really, really shy, um, could hardly talk to people. But now I think I'm much better doing that. And also, besides that, I've learned lots of practical skills as well that have come really handy during medical school so for example um taking bloods during ecgs um cannulations um all those things as well so yeah there's lots of things i've learned from the job that i'm still learning um and i think it's something i'll keep doing throughout the rest of medical school as well Mm, definitely and how how often how many shifts are you you doing uh, per week at the moment because i think one thing that that I quite like to, one insight that I quite like to gain from from guests that are on the show who do have work part time, you know, where and it's it's usually as say like a healthcare assistant, for instance, working in the NHS, maybe in the staff bank, but it's it's just good for the listener of how it's balanced with medicine and how many shifts you are realistically able to to get in per week and you know is it overwhelming or do you feel like you have a right balance how how have you kind of found it so far yeah so like you said I'm on the bank um so I pick and choose my shifts as I like um I have no obligation of meeting a certain amount of hours a week Mm -hmm. I tend to do weekends so Saturday and Sunday which work perfectly fine so that would leave me the 
the rest of the week to just completely focus on medicine and my life outside of medicine. So meeting friends, going out. Um, yeah. And then I leave the weekend to work. But this goes, well, I guess it doesn't really happen every week. So it really depends. Some weeks I do all weekend work. Some weekends I don't work at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it's a really flexible job, I really adapt it around my medical studies. Yeah, that's really good. Would you recommend it to incoming medical students yeah. to have a job in the yeah, Absolutely. Yes, 100%. Yeah, um, it really, really will help you, not only with your medical application, but just in general. You learn so much on the job. You get to meet a lot of different people, um, talk to different members of the team. You see the type of job that they do. Um, and also... In terms of medicine as well, you notice things that sometimes other people don't notice in terms of like patients, for example. Um, you really start to notice the detail as well. So 100%, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I feel from from my experience as well, especially having a part-time job when you're in the preclinical years and you haven't properly started on the wards, having a job on the side, especially if it is in hospital, whether it's HCA or working as a phlebotomist or porter, whatever it is, if it's hospital-based, then you do just kind of get that understanding of how the hospital works in day-to-day life in reality, as opposed to either in a textbook or on an online tutorial or in the clinical skills lab, whatever it is. It just, you, you really develop a kind of mind shift, I think, and especially working shifts as well where you know you you are there for a certain amount of time you can't just leave whenever you want or you're not just there for like half an hour or an hour as opposed to all the other kind of clinical experiences that you've had up until that point before you start the clinical years so I feel like just getting into that mindset getting into the routine of just doing some sort of shift work actually really prepares you well for life on the wards when you do get into the clinical years so I think it is a really good thing and and it's it's extra money as well you know, to gain that experience at the same time. So it's a (laughs) win-win. So... Right, very quick break from the podcast, um, just to tell you guys about applymedic.com. And so this is a website that's dedicated to helping students in the UK through the medical school applications process, and we offer a number of the services, including uh, personal statement reviews and full one-to-one detailed and specific mock interviews for the the university of your choice. And we also have just released our brand new ebook, um, taking you through step-by-step through everything that you need to know um, to ace your medical school interviews. So I'll leave a link to applymedic.com in the show notes down below. Back to the episode. That's great. And just to go back then to the the end of your time studying biomedical sciences, did you take a year out between finishing your degree and applying to medicine or did you apply during your final year of your undergrad degree? Yeah, so I applied during my final year and I went straight into first year med after I finished biomed. Okay, okay. And how how was the application process for you? Just kind of, if you could just kind of take us through the timeline of, of your whole kind of application journey from the point where, you know, you started working on your application in your final year to then, say, attending interviews and, and how and how they went. 
Yep. So I so I think applications opened around I want to say September. I remember starting to write my personal statement around end of August, beginning of September, um, and then kind of like contacting contacting my references and asking them if they can provide a reference for me. Um, and then deadline, I believe, I can't remember the date exactly, but I think it was mid-October. So after that, after choosing the universities and getting my references and um, getting everything ready, it was mid-October. Uh, and then I started hearing back, I believe, the first university at the beginning of December. Um, and then up until the last one, which was mid-March, um, okay. which I think think it's quite late usually um that That's was the last yeah. One. yeah it's very very late uh, I was very surprised um so yeah so within those months um I, can't, I was just waiting for replies and preparing for interviews and attending interviews um and then I made the final decision sort of like around February so actually I didn't even need to wait until March to make my final decision so yeah, that was more or less the timeline. Okay, okay. And what kind of admissions tests did you sit? I, I assume that you sat the, the UCAT, but did you sit any others like GAMSAT or BMAT, for instance? Yes, so I sat the UCAT um, and also I sat the GAMSAT as well. Okay, and um, how were those experiences? So I've done the UCAT before. Because uh, obviously okay. I applied for medicine yeah. the first time around. So I already knew what the test was going to be like and how it works and the preparation. Uh, mm. And then I decided to apply for the GAMSA as well, which is <laughs> very, very hard um, and very different from the UCAT. Uh, it's a very intense exam. Um, so it's basically a graduate entry exam so you need to I believe have a bachelor degree to um, apply for it and mm -hmm. you the results that you get they're valid for two years which I thought was really really good so that was also one of the things that made me want to do it as well and you can do it twice a year so you can do it either in March or you can do it towards the end of the year in September as well which was okay. also very appealing to me because if it didn't go well the first time round, I could still do it the same year, unlike the mm -hmm. UCAT, where you have to wait a whole other year and reapply. Um, yeah, so with the GAMSA, it was, as I said, quite an intense exam. Um, it took the whole day and I had to travel all the way to Liverpool because they only did it um, in two cities at the time. It was London and Liverpool. Okay. Um, London was fully booked <laughs> so I had to go to Liverpool um, so yeah that's another thing you have to really take into consideration um, the time you're going to be spending studying for this exam whilst you're doing a degree um, the money because it's not a cheap exam either and also the distance depending on where you live and where they do it although now that I think about it I think they've started to add more cities I could be wrong okay. um yeah and it's very different from the UCAT um there's elements of literature um English uh obviously maths 
physics at um, A-level, uh, chemistry and biology at undergrad level. So it's a really mix of things, uh, very different from the UCAT. Um, but other than that, I didn't sit the BMAT, so I'm not really sure how that would work. Um, okay. But I know it's different from the UCAT. Yeah, yeah. And so in in my experience when I was applying, I almost, I kind of strategically only applied for universities who either took UCAT as the entrance exam of choice or didn't take any sort of, you know, entrance exam at all and uh, just uh, assessed based on other things, predominantly interviews. And I found that concentrating on only one exam really went to my advantage. I, I think with the amount of free time that I actually did have because I was applying for medicine while doing the the anatomy master's degree and that was intense enough and I couldn't imagine studying for GAMSAT or BMAT or it, you know any of the others. So if do you think that it was the right choice for you looking back now doing both entrance exams, the GAMSAT as well as the, the UCAT and would you would you still do the same if you could do it again? Uh, so I sat the UCAT in summer um, of second year. So I didn't really have to worry about biomed meeting deadlines, doing work okay. for that. So that was fine. With the GAMSAT, because it was in March, um, mm -hmm. I really had to fit studying for it around final year of biomed. Yeah. which was already intense and I was spending time in the lab trying to collect some data for my dissertation as well so I had mm -hmm. the stress of that as well um in hindsight I don't regret doing the GAMSAT because it was an experience and I'm glad I did it um but like you said you really have to consider uh, applying strategically and if you can avoid not doing some tests then that's a better way of doing it I think because mm -hmm. otherwise it can really put a strain on everything else as well so yeah definitely I think it's a balance especially if you are the postgraduate medic and you have to balance doing something like a, an undergraduate or postgraduate degree while you're applying you really do have to you need to make sure that you don't put too much on your plate and make sure Absolutely. that you can actually balance things and and make sure that you don't overwhelm yourself and burn out especially during the application kind of stage where you're still setting entrance exams or you know doing your your personal statement and then you burn out when you're invited for the interviews and and then you know it just you have to it's a marathon not a sprint I think that's what I'm trying to say <laughs> yeah so that's fine and that brings me on to the the next thing that I wanted to ask you about, and that is interviews uh, themselves. Um, how how did the interviews go for you, and how, and how did you how did you prepare for them yourself? Yeah, so I applied to a mix of unis that um, did both MMIs and mm -hmm. panel interviews. So I started applying, um, started applying, started preparing for it basically as soon as I sent my application, but it was more of a very slow preparation. So I did a little bit, but every day. Okay. Um, and I used some websites that kind of like gave 
tips on how to prepare for them. So, for example, um, read up on NHS hot topics and mm. uh, medical ethics and practicing MMI stations. So I did that with a couple of friends as well who were applying to medicine at the same time. So we had a small group of two or three of us kind of like really nice. practicing. Yeah, it was really nice. It was a very supportive group as well. So it was really, really nice thing and very helpful as well. So that helped me a lot personally. That's really good. And actually, yeah, I feel like, I mean, it's, it's far easier said than done because it really depends on who you're surrounded by in your kind of community when yeah. while you're applying to medical school. But I, I was quite fortunate when I was doing the, when I was studying, when I was in the MSc in anatomy and I was, I was doing that while I was applying to medical school, there was thankfully quite a few either qualified doctors doing it as a postgraduate degree and taking time out or, uh, and there was also a current, uh, Edinburgh medical school student there a medical student uh, who was doing it as uh, an integrated degree and so thankfully they yeah, took me under yeah. the wing and actually <laughs> gave me lots of practice interviews and, and things like that and, and I got really a lot of, yeah definitely definitely so I feel like you know you you are the average of the people you surround yourself with and so yes. if you can yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. surround yourself with people who are either in the thing that you want to do or are also going for the thing that you want to do so yeah I think that kind of sense of community actually makes the world of a difference uh, in terms of uh, just really your overall performance so yeah that, that is a really important thing and so in terms of your experiences during the the medical school interviews how did they go in general for you um so I remember first interview I was really really nervous um but then as soon as I walked in I I kind of knew that everything was going to be fine and if I made it to that stage then I'm sure it would have worked out in the end yeah Um, but I think it's normal to be nervous um I think initially I was putting a lot of pressure on myself because it was my second time applying Mm. and I really try to calm myself down in that sense Um, and then the more interviews that I had I noticed that the more calm I became throughout the whole thing Um, so it's I know it's easier said than done but the important thing was to for me to really remain calm um but overall it was a really nice experience all of them um generally all the um, assessors were all really lovely and they're really not trying to um make it a bad experience for you they're there to help you they were all really smiley really really helpful really nice so I had really good experiences that's really good and so you mentioned there about being able to keep a, a calm mindset and and not letting the the, the pressure and, and the anxiety get the better of you when when you're in that kind of naturally stressful environment when you're being assessed and it is the the thing that you then want to do for the rest of your life and so it's it's actually a, it's from my experience it was a very difficult thing to actually achieve in practice to keep that stable mindset and and to not let the anxiety get the the better of you it was there any particular techniques that you developed along the way to to actually keep yourself calm especially 
when you're in a station and maybe you don't perform as well as you could have or as well as you should have and then that sets you off and that can then that anxiety can transfer into the next station and it can almost be a negative domino effect so was there any particular method that that you used so one thing I started doing before going into the interview was to just talk to other students there Mm. Um, not necessarily about the interview or medicine but just a normal chat like you do with a friend and I realized just doing that not only I was getting to know someone new which that's really interesting but also I was um, calming myself down um, and the other person was also calming themselves down so it worked in our favors for both of us Um, and in terms of messing up a station which obviously it did it did happen to me I had um stations who went really really well and stations who were not so great um again I learned to not think about it because also you don't have a lot of time to move in between stations exactly. so I tried to kind of like not think about it, as I said and then just move on to the next thing because what's done it's done there's no point overthinking and then like you said bringing that into the next station so I just learned to move on and focus on whatever was coming next definitely and it's it's I feel like there's it's it's quite interesting actually when I when I think back to it because it's the the natural mentality of of medical students or people who are, are wanting to go into the medical profession they're usually very conscientious uh, probably on the kind of extreme end of that and actually that completely backfires on you when you're in <laughs> that sort of stressful environment like a medical school interview where you're so conscientious that if you slip up even a little bit then you will completely reprimand yourself in the moment and that will just backfire on you so much and so I think really being self-aware of what traits are you know positive and negative in certain environments and, and trying to actually adapt that yourself yeah, to absolutely. to make sure that you you don't trip yourself up mm-hmm. unnecessarily um, because you can definitely be your own worst enemy at times so I think knowing yourself is is one of the most important things and actually figuring out what kind of methods work for you um, to, to kind of keep you calm especially because I think that's where most people trip up in, in med school interviews because no matter how much prep you've done if you crumble under the pressure then you just won't think at all and so it, you just yeah. lose it and so yeah I think that's yeah that, that's all really good that's that's really useful and so moving on from medical school interviews you're now in Second year, is that right? Yeah, second year. Yeah, perfect. And so how has medical school been for you after all this time, you know, doing the three-year undergraduate degree and, and finally getting into the real thing, the, the degree that you actually want to do? How, how was it when you first came into first year? What, did it meet your expectations? Yeah, obviously, I was really, really excited to finally start uh, first year. Um, I have to admit it was different from what I was expecting because obviously I had been at university for three years already. So Mm -hmm. I knew what university life is like and how things work. But because it was 
2020 <laughs> and <laughs> we know everything that happened in 2020 yep. things were very very different so lots of online learning and lots of um alone time and not meeting as many people as I thought at the beginning at least mm-hmm. so that was that was really difficult at the beginning um but then sort of as the year went on, things started getting a lot better. So, um, yeah, as things started opening up, I started to meet a lot more people, which was really nice. I met my course mates. Um, and in terms of content, I was happy from day one with the content because dream come true. I'm finally learning medicine. Exactly. So I was really, really happy with the content. Um uh yeah so the only thing that was different as I said it was the social aspect um and how they delivered lessons um but obviously that that was the situation at the time so there was nothing I could have done yeah yeah exactly and and so many people were in a very similar situation when I came into medical school I I came into medical school in 2019 and so that was obviously you know after Christmas 2020 March it was at the tail end of my first year of medical school when the first lockdown came and I mean thankfully I'd I'd had a lot of time kind of in GP where we visited once a week so I had some time and I could meet some of the 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 course mates throughout that time and say uh, PBL problem-based learning the kind of group activity type stuff and I feel like that was, it was good that I could at least get that. And then COVID hit and we had to set our exams online. And then during the technically second year of medical school, that was my first clinical year because thankfully I only had one preclinical year at Edinburgh Medical School because I was a postgraduate medical student. Uh, and so it was it kind of worked to my favour and, and I was actually very thankful because we were still in hospital or GP all the time. And for okay. those, it was like one week online learning, one week in hospital or, or GP on full-time placement. And I was just, I felt so bad for all of the preclinical medical students for what they had to go through. And, and I know some people who were in the years below and their their mental health was just abysmal during that time and it it would be for anyone uh, with just every single thing being online and especially the people who were doing intercalations uh, during Mm -hmm. lockdown where you just you did not see anyone and you had that high stress environment of having to write your dissertation without really that kind of sense of community or or that kind of sense of Of communal support from from your peers and so I, I really do feel for for the people who have not really known anything else outside of online teaching and not actually having any kind of sense of camaraderie or community in person with with their course mates. Um, so I, I can I can only imagine how difficult it was actually uh, starting like that, especially how especially how 
what am I trying to say? Especially how long it took for you to actually get there, but then actually in the kind of climax, <laughs> it just, you know, it was obviously um, yes. not anything close to, to what you were expecting initially in, in that kind of environment. So in within your second year now, are you doing any sort of placement at all? Like, a, 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 are you kind of doing like an introduction to kind of clinical clinical practice at the moment? Yeah, so what we're doing is we have a placement uh, for a day, once every two weeks, um, and it'll be in different places. So, for example, we've set we've been set to have a whole day at GP. Um, I believe three, four times uh, this year. So, um, but they they are mixed up with other types of placements. So. Um, Another time we'll spend a day in um, AAU, another time we'll spend it in GP, um, and then another placement could be somewhere else in the hospital or in the community. Okay. Um, so it switches up every two weeks. Yeah. Um, and this is what we have for second year before going into clinical year next year. Okay. And how is how has it been on on placement so far uh kind of being introduced to it have you do you have has there been any sort of highlights from from your time on the ward so far um yeah so i've been really enjoying gp um because i've always been the patient in the gp setting i've never done any work experience <laughs> i've never um worked in GP practice so I've really never been a patient so that was really interesting so I'm really enjoying that um and I've had a placement in AAU as well is that and acute admissions unit yes yeah yeah okay so like kind of uh, seeing everything and kind of a more acute emergency exactly yeah. yes okay. um and that was really interesting as well um what I realize I'm doing is I'm comparing my role as a medical student in the wards and in my mind at the same time I'm thinking oh what would I do as a HCA because obviously the roles would be very different and um, that's one thing I've started noticing reflecting on and my limitations as a medical student and the things I can do and I can't do as a second year Um, but I've seen lots of interesting things um so far and I'm sure it'll get it only get better from here definitely it gets a lot better a lot more stressful <laughs> a lot more overwhelming uh, but a lot more rewarding as well uh, I think I mean it, it is really good uh, when you get to the clinical years because you do well you are quite it's it's really a mix you it's a very broad spectrum of when you actually feel kind of like a spare part and you don't feel you know that anyone actually kind of appreciates you or what you can do or how you can be helpful but then you also uh, like like my time in, in some more kind of rural hospitals in in Scotland working in, in the departments where it's a bit more close-knit a bit more small mm-hmm. and so you are very much kind of treated as sort of a, a, a an F1 a foundation you're one doctor you know oh, you do really? many of the jobs I mean obviously you still work within your competency level as yeah. in my case a fifth year medical student you're not we are we're only doing things that that obviously we're allowed and trained to do however the 
amount of work that they give you can sometimes mimic, uh, say, like one of the one of the F ones in award, including like taking notes for the consultant during the ward rounds or uh, clocking in a lot of patients and and mm-hmm. kind of having your own patients that you go clock in and then present it to the consultant or the registrar, um, where where they can you know take over um, the the care from there and decide what what should happen to that patient, how they should be managed and treated. And so you're just, sometimes you do feel a lot more involved, whereas obviously sometimes you just feel like you're, you're not being utilised at all and you're just going to stand in the corner of the room. <laughs> so it's definitely a mix. And so I think the one thing I've learned so far is to absolutely make the most of the opportunities where you do actually feel useful and uh, a part of the a part of the clinical team because it is relatively rare especially at the beginning of the clinical years and so it's really good to actually make the most of it and trying to try to learn as much as possible because the more you put yourself forward when you actually do feel useful and people are asking you to clock patients in and take histories and do examinations and Mm. report findings back and all that it's such useful uh, experience and especially when it comes to examinations like like Hoskies for instance where you just find that things just come a, a lot more natural because you've already done them in real life settings and you already feel the pressure of doing it in real life settings so it actually feels a bit nicer when you're in that controlled space in, in an Oski setting uh, funnily You're enough, more so. confident as well yeah exactly so it is very useful um, right the last thing that I wanted to ask was just why and how you decided to create Life of Luna Med, your Instagram account, uh, because I, I see a, an increase in popularity in sort of medgram accounts, you know, medical Instagram accounts where people are either sharing educational content or uh, educational content or logging their daily lives as medical students or nurses or whatever other allied healthcare profession there is. And there seems to be quite a large community surrounding that as well. So what was it that made you decide to to start your Instagram account? Yeah, so as I've said, I started the Instagram account. I was in final year of biomed and I thought it'd be nice um, to just make an account for me mainly um, and document, you know, the steps of getting to medical school um, and then the summer before starting medical school as well. Um, so, as I said, initially it was just meant for me, but then it just sort of, I started gaining some followers and then I enjoyed just posting more content. Um, and, yeah, so my username handle is just, I tried to make it, not so much related to what well, myself because obviously my name is not in it um I put Luna because that's the name I mean the meaning of my name in Greek I'm not Greek oh okay yeah I was I was gonna ask you about that actually yeah. I didn't know what, <laughs> what Luna represented just, yeah they just assume that that's my name it's not <laughs> <laughs> it's just the name it's the meaning of my name in Greek but I'm not Greek that's very I'm Italian far from it um so I decided to you know, spice things up and just go for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I just went with that and I just posted content for myself, as I said. Um, mm. And then I started medical school and obviously I posted a lot of stories about um, the beginning of the medical school as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so far I've been enjoying it. So 
really, really much. And then, like you said, I realized that there's quite a few accounts um, kind of like within the Medgram community, I guess you could call mm -hmm. it, um, which makes it really nice because it's, from what I've seen, it's a very supportive community and it's um, it's nice to see how other medical students are doing medicine at other universities in the UK. Um, so, yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I've found it a really supportive community as well on, on mm -hmm. Instagram and, and the, the, the medical school, medical student side uh, of things. And I, I feel like everyone's really collaborative and actually really just supportive and, and just yes. everyone kind of wants to interact with each other. It's actually really nice. And it is quite nice for prospective medical students as well, actually, to kind of get that realistic insight into what it's actually like. And for medical students as well, as well, there are a lot of... Uh, junior doctors on there as well whether they're foundation your doctors or registrars or consultants in some cases as well so you can really get the that kind of variety of perspective uh, of of what the experience is is like have you have you how have you found the the response from from the community in uh, with with your followers because you have you have quite a lot of followers actually i think over a thousand is that right uh, yeah it's not a lot <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's a lot more than mine anyway <laughs> so that's um, something it's all about so it's all relative yeah uh, so I get a lot of messages in terms of lots of prospective medical students like you said um, mm -hmm. that ask me um, how I'm finding medicine and um, if they can get help with their application or advice on how to apply um, so, and I really try my best to obviously give my help because um, I wish I had at the time someone that could really help me like that. Um, sometimes they ask if they can get someone to read over the personal statement as well. So if they do ask for that, I'm more than happy to just read through it as well. Because um, like I said, I wish I had someone who would do that to me, especially when I was still doing my A-levels and this whole Instagram medgram thing just wasn't a thing. Um, uh, so yeah, mainly prospective students, but also uh, current medical students as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's a good mix, I think. Definitely, definitely. Um, but I feel like everyone, everyone just gets along on Instagram yes, is yeah, what yeah. I've found. So yeah, it's a really nice kind of friendly community. Well, Celine, that's everything that I wanted to ask. Um, it, is there anything that, that you want to ask or then any kind of closing comments or anything like that that you want to add before we finish the episode? Um, no, it was really lovely no. meeting you. Perfect. It was really nice having you in the show. So thank you so much for coming on, Celine. I really thank appreciate you. it. Perfect. Well, Everyone listening, if you want to have a look at Celine's Instagram account, it is Life of Luna Med. All one word, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep, perfect. And I'll also include her Instagram account in the show notes at the bottom of the episode in the in the description for you guys to check out if you want to uh, just see how she's getting along at medical school and, and just see her logging logging her life so thanks everyone for listening and thanks Celine for coming on the show thank you for having me no worries <laughs>